Hello friends, this is Pastor Evangelist Robert Venable inviting you to stay tuned for this edition of Let's Talk About Jesus right here on WMAF, your hometown radio station right there in Madison, North Florida, South Georgia, anywhere in the world, anywhere in the United States that is connected to the World Wide Web, we welcome you today. And anyone who has downloaded this teaching from our website, we welcome you today. And we do pray earnestly that we will be a blessing to you as we go to God's Word for the answers to all the complex questions that we face in in the postmodern world, in the 21st century. You know, this is an ancient book, but this is an, this is an, <laughs> this is a God who is up to date and on target. The basic fundamental needs of man has not changed with time passing. And one of those foundational fundamental needs is that great, great, wonderful peace within that can only come through faith and trust in our God and our Savior Jesus Christ. So we're going to be talking about old paths to true peace. The old path to true peace. There is no other way to achieve this. There is no state of transcendental meditation, no state of carefree living. Uh, No amount of money can buy peace. You can't move anywhere on this planet or any other where there is nothing but peace and tranquility. There is no place like (laughs) Avatar movie even even that place that people longed to go to it was so realistic had terrible beasts that could rip you in pieces <laughs> so there was no peace uh, in anywhere without the peace of God ruling and reigning in our hearts and in our minds and I pray that you will stay tuned today because the enemy uses this fundamental need of every person, even boys and girls, need to be able to lay down in peace and wake in peace because they know that God is in control of their life uh, day by day. How we need the God of peace with us so that we could have the peace of God within us. And we're going to be talking about that today. Praise God. It's a core issue. Uh, and we really, really want to deal with it biblically today. Hallelujah. I know people that know the Lord is their Savior, but they don't have His peace keeping their heart and mind. You know, there's an Old Testament scripture that says uh, that He will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusteth in thee. Praise God. There is a place in God where we can have that peace that passes all understanding, but it requires an absolute unequivocal trust in God for it. And in order to trust in God, you need to be right with God. So the peace of God begins when we have peace with God by receiving Christ as our Savior and having our sins forgiven. It all begins with getting right with God. But from that that foundation, uh, we can trust 
in God for our life here on earth, our future there with him in heaven. Praise God. So I'm just going to read a short verse of scripture today from Philippians 4 and verse 9. It simply says, Those things which you have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do, and the God of peace be with you. And the God of peace be with you. And I want to read a statement here that someone has made on this scripture that I agree with a hundred percent. Listen to it. Of the many descriptive phrases used in the Bible to identify God, one of the most arresting and appealing is the title, The God of Peace. Though God is addressed as the God of Israel, the God of heaven, the God of hosts, the God of patience, the God of all grace, the most meaningful for this troubled world in which we live is the one given us by St. Paul here in our text, the God of peace. What a beautiful, wonderful, powerful description of God. The Amplified New Testament says, And the God of peace, of untroubled, undisturbed well-being, be with you. Now, we know that we are living prophetically in a time that just precedes. I believe if you believe the coming of Christ is near, then we have to believe that the tribulation period spoken of in Scripture is near as well. That the last of the last days are occurring right now in our, in our generation. And the Scriptures teach clearly that the last days would be marked by fear and anxiety in Luke 21 and verse 26 it says men's hearts failing them for fear and for looking after those things which are coming upon the earth this scripture's descriptive of the helpless and hopeless conditions of those who are getting ready to face the great tribulation it all all also is descriptive i believe of the time just preceding it, the time called the beginning of sorrows in Matthew 24. I believe that the true church will be distinguished from the false by a sustaining peace in an unpeaceful and fearful time. In this time that is called a perilous time, there are people who will display and demonstrate a hope, a confidence, a peace, and a consolation that the world can't give, that no drug can give, that no state of, of mind can give. I believe the true church will be distinguished. Part of the distinguishing mark of the true church, those who have truly been born from above, born again, that have a revelation and a realization, <laughs> hallelujah, that, that no matter what is occurring on this earth, we have a God who is in ultimate control and we can keep our trust and put our trust in Him. Listen to Isaiah 33, 13-17. It says, Hear ye that are far off what I have done, and ye that are near acknowledge my might, the sinners in Zion are afraid. Fearfulness hath surprised the hypocrites. Who among us shall dwell among the devouring fire? Who among us shall dwell with everlasting burnings? 
Listen to verse 15. This is a rhetorical question. It's answered immediately. He that walketh righteously and speaketh uprightly, he that despises the gain of oppressions, that shaketh his hands from holding bribes, that stoppeth his ears from the hearing of blood, and shutteth his eyes from seeing evil. He shall dwell on high. His place of defense shall be the munitions of rocks. Bread shall be given him, and his waters shall be sure. And then verse 17, prophetic, listen. Thine eyes shall see the king in his beauty. They shall behold the land that is very far off. Hallelujah. According to James, Jameson, Fawcett, and Brown, a, a very old and trusted and true commentary. There's a prophetic significance to verse 17, pointing to a time beyond Hezekiah's, to the time of the church in the last days. Very far, very far off, rather. The land in its remotest extent, no longer pent up as Hezekiah was in that siege they were under. For Jerusalem is made the scene of the king's glory and could not be said to be very far off unless the far off land be heaven and Jerusalem above, which is to follow the earthly reign of Messiah at literal Jerusalem. The same people, friends, who have God's peace in the time of great trouble are the people who will see the king in his beauty and will see the city of God, the new Jerusalem. You know, we take the Christmas message and make it a seasonal message, but the message brought by the first angels is not just for the Christmas season. It's for the season that we are living in at any time because it is a message of God taking the initiative to make peace and reconciliation between himself and fallen man and to grant peace unto those who will receive his designated path and person to peace. And we know that's the Lord Jesus Christ himself. Hallelujah. Amen. I want to read what is normally read during the Christmas season right here in the middle of the summer and listen to the prophetic and the and the perfect uh, uh, message, the core of the gospel, really, because God takes the peace initiative. Listen to it, Luke 2, 8 through 14. And they were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them. The glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord." And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, good will toward men. Friend of mine, this is God wanting to be reconciled with fallen man who became an enemy of God and enmity uh, with God because of the gap 
that sin had created between God and his creation. Friend of mine, God said, I want reconciliation with you. And I'm sending you a savior, a sacrifice lamb that will span the great gap that sin has created. It's as if he was taking the hand of God who wants reconciliation and reaching out to every person on this planet that would take his outreached hand. It's almost like on the cross, Jesus, as his hands were nailed, one hand was God's hand reaching down to fallen man, and the other was God's hand through Christ reaching out to fallen man, that whosoever would take his hand, take his hand, repent of our sin, receive Christ as our substitute sin sacrifice, our Savior, hallelujah, and that reconciliation would occur. Peace on earth doesn't mean there won't be wars and rumors of wars, that there won't be tumult and trouble. It means for every person who would take God's path to peace, the Lord Jesus Christ, the peacemaker, the peace child, if you please, amen, could have peace with God. And that's the beginning point of the peace of God. If you're reconciled to the Lord, then you can trust him, not only with your eternal soul, but with your life here and now, day by day. So the peace of God begins, therefore, with peace with God. In Romans 5 and verse 1, it says, Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus bridged that awful gap between a holy God and fallen man. On the cross, he bore our sins, took our judgment so we could be forgiven. Listen to Ephesians two twelve through 16. That at that time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, ye who were sometimes far off are made nigh by the blood of Christ. For he is our peace, who hath made both one and hath broken down the middle wall of partition between us. This is speaking of Jew and Gentile becoming one in the eyes of God and the covenants of promise being brought to the Gentiles that received Christ as well as the Jews that accepted Christ as their Savior. And that middle wall of partition was broken down. Verse 15 says, Having abolished in his flesh the enmity, even the law of commandments contained in the ordinances, for to make in himself of twain one new man, so making peace, and that he might reconcile both unto God in one body by the cross, having slain the enmity thereby. <laughs> Hallelujah. I like one paraphrase of this because it makes it 
very understandable. It sounds complex, but listen to it. In those days you were living apart from Christ, you were excluded from God's people, Israel. You did not know the promises of God, uh, that promises that God had made to them. You lived in this world without God, without hope. But now you belong to Christ Jesus. Though you were once far away from God, you have been brought near because of the blood of Jesus Christ. For God, for Christ in himself hath made peace between us, Jews and you Gentiles, by making us all one people. He's broken down the wall of hostility that used to separate us. By his his death, he ended the whole system of Jewish law that excluded the Gentiles. His purpose was to make peace between Jews and Gentiles by creating in himself one new person from the two groups together as one body, Christ reconciled both groups to God by means of his death, and our hostility toward each other was put to death. Hallelujah. Jesus, friends, has made us one with himself and one with the covenant people. We too can claim the blessing of God with us, for the God of peace is with us. Having God with us, because we have peace with God is the master key to finding peace in troubled times. You see, Jerusalem in the time of Hezekiah was under siege, surrounded by a fierce army. <laughs> and, and, and listen, it wasn't going to be this terrible, terrible uh, thing that they perceived it to be because God was with them. Second Chronicles clearly says in 32, verse 6 through 8, And he set captains of war over the people, gathered them together to him in the street of the gate of the city, and spake comfortably unto them, saying, Be strong and courageous, be not afraid or dismayed, for the king of Assyria, nor all the multitude that is with him, for there is more with us than with him. <laughs> Hallelujah. With him, verse 8 says, is the arm of flesh, but with us is the Lord our God to help us to fight our battles. And the people rested themselves upon the words of Hezekiah, king of Judah, because they knew, they knew they had a covenant with God. And they knew if God was with them, then God was for them. And, and if God is for them, as Paul said in Romans 8 in the New Testament, what more shall we say to these things? How shall we respond? How shall we react to threats and persecutions and all of the possibilities of, of things that could happen to us if God is with us and God is for us? Amen. Who can be against us. This word rested in the Hebrew means to lean upon, to lay upon, literally to rest. The king spoke the truth about God's presence with them. No matter what the trouble or how overwhelming the circumstances, their peace was found in the fact that the God of peace was with them. Is the God of peace with us today? Is God with us? 
Is that the foundation for our our confidence in this day of, of uncertainty, this day of trouble and tribulation and perilous times? Is the God of peace with you? Have you made peace with God? Listen, if you've made peace with God by repenting of your sin, receiving Christ as your Savior, then the God of peace is with you. That's why Jesus said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. I will go with you all the way, even unto the end of the age. And when that statement was made, it was made in the emphatic. In fact, one Bible scholar said it would be to, to the fifth statement. It would be like, it would be like this to, to emphasize how committed Christ is and God is to being with us. It will be, it would be, I will never, no, never, 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 never. I will never, no, never, 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 never leave you, nor forsake you. So the God of peace is committed himself to be with us through this life into the life to come and the heaven and the new Jerusalem above until it comes down and be with us then here forever. The God of peace is with us. Trust in his faithfulness and rest in him hallelujah is the god of peace with you that's the big question if you receive christ as your savior the answer is in the affirmative yes he is claim his promises we're no more aliens from the promises he made to ancient israel we've been made one in christ jesus hallelujah we're in a covenant with god you know the scripture says in the new testament that if they that are of the household of faith jew and gentile are abraham's seed by faith and the blessings of abraham have come upon them. We can claim His promises. Hallelujah. Because we have become spiritual Israel, a wild olive branch grafted in, but nonetheless grafted in. Hallelujah. Is the God of peace with you? Claim His promises and rest in the assurance that He will keep every covenant promise to you that He has made. Is the God of peace with you? Surrender your life to His eternal purpose and rest in Him. Hallelujah. Literally, as the Old Testament says, trust in the Lord with all of your heart and don't lean unto your own understanding. Commit your way unto Him. Trust also in Him and He will bring it to pass. It being His purpose for your life his eternal purpose for your life whatever it is he will make all things work to good to them that love the lord and are the called according to his purpose hallelujah whatever's touching your life right now god can take it weave it into the fabric of his eternal purpose and use it for good even though it may have been and probably was meant for evil god is a wonderful wonderful uh, i don't know how to put it in any better terms than just just taking the good the bad and the ugly 
that touches our life and utilizing all of it in and submitting it, submitting it to his eternal will and purpose. <laughs> Hallelujah. The Bible said he can take everything and submit it to his own will. Everything, even what was meant for evil against Joseph, but he brought Joseph to a place through the heartache and heartbreak and all of the, the evil intentions brought him to a place to be a deliverer of Egypt in the time of famine. He used the trouble that the enemy wanted to hurt Joseph with to help Joseph to help his people. Praise God. And Joseph said, you meant it for evil. God meant it for good. And guess what happens? When the devil wants to harm us and God wants to help us, God always wins. Rest in the full assurance that he's able and faithful to take everything that touches your life and mine as a Christian. Hallelujah. And use it all for good. And you'll only get that in retrospect, but you have to trust right where you are here and now that one day you're going to look back on what is happening now and you're going to see God was with you through it all. And God, who didn't send it, will bring everything the devil means for evil and he will submit it to his own eternal purpose for good, and he'll win, not some of the time, not most of the time, but every single time. Is the God of peace with you today? Declare that no weapon, therefore, formed against you will prosper. Claim your victory and rest in the Lord. Hallelujah. Is the God of peace with you today? Cast your care upon him. Your whole of your anxiety. First Peter 5, 7 says, Casting your care upon the Lord because He cares for you. I like the Amplified. It says, Casting all of your care, the whole of your anxiety, once and for all upon the Lord because He cares for you and watches over you affectionately. <laughs> Hallelujah. Casting your care casting your care. I used to preach the message called Holy Carelessness based on Philippians 4, 6, and 7. And in closing today, I want to read that to you because in order for God to give you the peace that we so desperately need and us the peace, He needs our trust. He needs us to have faith in His promise and in His provision. Listen to Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will keep your heart and your mind through Jesus Christ. We can obtain the peace of God because we have the God of peace with us. Hallelujah. And we have been reconciled to Him. And we have made peace with Him. And now we can trust in Him. For whatever we're facing, whatever the needs are of our life, praise the Lord. The Bible said in Psalm 37, 7, Rest in the Lord. Wait patiently for Him. 
friend of mine today, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, the devil's going to offer you all kind of paths to peace, all kinds of counterfeits. And the Bible said, there is a way that seems right unto a man in the Old Testament. There's a way that looks like this is it. I found it. If I have this, if I pursue that, if I go down this road, I will find what I'm looking for in terms of peace of mind and peace within and fulfillment. I'll find that rest for my troubled soul. Friend of mine, there's a way that seems right that leads to destruction, but there's a way that is right that leads to true and lasting peace, peace with God and the peace of God. Oh, hallelujah. It is so good to know in whom I have believed today and to know when I draw my last breath here, I'll draw my next breath there. To know if the trumpet sounds, <laughs> I'm going to rise to meet him in the air. And to know until that day comes, one or the other, that he is with me here every step of the way. The God of peace be with you. Hallelujah. Then he is with you. And if you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, I pray right now in the name of Jesus that you will come to God and come and receive Christ as your Savior. Repent of your sin. Be reconciled to God. And the moment you do, the God of peace be with you. He will be with you. Every step from that moment forward. And He will take you safely. As long as you keep your trust in Him, friend, and follow Him. He will take you safely through this old fallen world. And into His eternal presence and place that He has provided and made for us forever. Age without end. Well, our time is gone today. Would you come back next week? Let's talk about Jesus. <laughs>